0: Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've given to us. Thank you for the privilege it is to come to your house, to worship you, to learn more about you, uh, to to hear your word and apply it to our lives, Lord. I pray that as Dan comes and, and preaches for us today, that you would continue to speak through him, uh, even through all of his preparations. Uh, I know that there's there's going to be times where you speak through him in this in this hour, in this very moment, and all those preparations might go out the window, Lord. I pray that you would continue to speak through him, continue to stir in his soul, Uh, continue to prepare our hearts to receive your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody doing okay? Okay, good. I'm glad you came out. Uh, I really believe that God has been speaking to me over the last few months uh, about his presence, about his presence. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Did that get louder? Yeah. All right. All right. Now they can hear me outside, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a a lot of times when um, you kind of begin, you're like, well, I'm the guest speaker. Some people don't even want to hear or not even sure what's going to happen. So, you know, let's get that out of the way. I'm going to set my stuff and my agenda over here. We're going to try to let God do what he's going to do today. Is that all right? Okay. All right. Um, As I said, we're going to talk about the presence of God. And and it, it may not go very long, but then again, it might. No promises. But if you have a Bible, if you could turn to Psalm number 16, Psalm 16, verse 11. Just getting warmed up here, you know. How many of you are worried that I'm going to take off and start running around the church or doing anything weird like that? Yeah, a few of you. Okay. All right, all right. We'll see what happens. No. Like really? Why would he do that? (laughs) Psalm 16:11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, everybody say in your presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand and pleasures forevermore. How many of you want the fullness of joy? Me? Yeah, I do. Where does this psalm say that you get it? From his presence. Well, that's pretty easy, isn't it? Yes, okay, we're done Go home. (laughs) Uh, no. Have you ever gone to a church? May, certainly not this church. But you went somewhere, you visited, maybe, and you think, Is God even there? Or maybe, again, here at this church, you leave the the service and say, "Woo! God showed up today, right?" It was awesome. Man, you, you feel fed, you feel alive, you feel invigorated. God showed up. It's awesome. Or maybe in, in your prayer life. on one hand, you, you pray, and as some people might say, the prayer didn't get past the ceiling. But other times, you pray and, and you could sense the presence of God right there, wherever you're at in your car. In, in the little room that you have as a prayer closet or, or wherever you're at. I know on, on, when I used to play sports, maybe out on the ball field, oh God. Yeah. But there's that sense of his presence. Or maybe just in life, you ask yourself, God, where are you? Where are you? I'm trying my best. But where are you? We're going to try to look at this a little bit today. I do have good news, and we'll start with the good news. God is here. So, you know, God is here. There's three, I'll call them three big O's. God is Look at my notes here. God is omnipotent. That means God is all-powerful. Everybody agree to that? Yes. Okay, we're not going to talk about that today. God is omniscient. A little harder to say, omniscient. That is, God is all-knowing. Everybody kind of go along with that one today? Not preaching on that one. God is omnipresent. There we go. God is omnipresent. That's the one we're going to look at. What does that mean? That means that God is everywhere at once. Now, our our minds have a hard time capturing that because we, we can't be everywhere at once. Although sometimes you think, I know when I was growing up, my mom was everywhere at once. But do we really understand what that means to be omnipresent? Or better yet, do we understand the implications of what that means? Let's take a look at another psalm. Let's take a look at Psalm 139. So far I had not had to use my glasses, but boy, my Bible print is small. (laughs) Psalm 139, 7 through 12. Verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall, shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea... Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. What's that saying? It means no matter Where I am. I could ascend into the heavens. I could go to the depths of hell. I could go over in in the the secret fishing place that nobody knows about except me because that's where they bite. Or I, I can hide in the darkness. I can shroud myself in whatever situation or whatever area, whatever place that I think I'm all by myself. Nobody can find me. He is there. He is there. The psalmist says here that the darkness is as of light. doesn't mean he has a flashlight. It means he sees right through the darkness. He doesn't need a flashlight. He's not searching for you. He knows where you're at. A person. How many in here are people? Do we have any non-people in here? No. Okay. A couple of you hesitated. I don't know. Okay. Now, as a person, you can be here or you can be there, right? Can't be both. State trooper. Anybody drive on 76 a little bit every now and then? It's fun coming home on... Uh, Heading east out of Akron, you know, out towards this area on 76. You go past 44. All right, and then you you kind of go up over a little bit, and then it levels out a little bit, and then it goes down. And as soon as you go... (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you go over that crest, there's a little place at the bottom of the hill that the state trooper will, will sit, and he's got his gun aimed up there. So as you go over the crest... Gotcha. And sometimes, and maybe I have to apologize for this, but sometimes I hope that guy that just right by me, I'm like, oh, I hope he's there today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know none of you guys do that. Yeah. If you're on 224 and, hey, I'm, I'm doing 60. And, and you just hope that, you know, they're, they're out there. But not all the time. But they can only be here or there. They can't be both. So sometimes when I'm doing 60, Shelly always yells at me for going too fast. (laughs) Too slow. Never mind, we won't go there. But the state trooper can only be there, one place at a time. Think back to when you were younger. Maybe in teenage years, maybe you were in your 20s. Think of some of the things that maybe you had done that today maybe you're not so proud of. And you're thankful that maybe it's mom or dad, thankful that even to this day they don't know. Whatever that is, fill in the blank. Because mom or dad can only be here or there. Technology has allowed us to have a little bit of GPS action, you know, just kind of knowing where it's about. But they can't be, none of us can be either, can be everywhere. We can only be here or there. What about angels? They're created being. They can only be here or there. They're not omnipotent or omnipresent. Wasn't going to print. He corrected me. You should have saw it. No. (laughs) What about the devil? He's a fallen angel. He's a fallen angel. As I like to say, he's an unemployed angel. He got fired. <laughs> he got fired. And, and, and a, you know, a third of the angel's in heaven with him. That means, how many good at math? If a third left, two-thirds are left, there's two-to-one ratio. Okay, that's another time. Okay, we'll, we'll go there another time. But the devil isn't omnipresent. He can only be at one place at one time. All the demons, they can only be one place at one time. But God, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Okay, we get it. But here's a question that I'm going to throw out there. If God is everywhere, why do we pray for his presence? Oh, let's think about that one for a second. If God is everywhere, no matter what, why do we pray for his presence? This is still the introduction, by the way. Pause for dramatic effect, but think about that. I'll pray for his presence... I've often prayed, even, you know, whether I'm praying in the context of church or something, you know, God, we, we pray for your presence today. Is that because for some reason, at that moment, he, he wasn't omnipresent? He forgot? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be over at Life point this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, Pastor Lee's not going to be there. You know? Is God going to show up? God's already here. But when we pray, it's not because of his absence that we pray or ask for his presence. He's not absent. When we pray for his presence, we are, get this, we're acknowledging his presence acknowledging his presence we are thanking him for his presence now if there's if anybody's taking notes the next three little pieces here i want you to write it down we are inviting him into our circumstances See, we want His way, not ours. His way, not ours. We're in circumstances because we've tried it our way. Oh, God's right there. He's there. He's trying to tell you do it my way, not yours. When we pray for his presence, we pray for his presence in our circumstances. We're asking him to get involved in our circumstances. We give up. Our way, look, it's your way. Number two, we, inviting him into our life. It's his life for us not ours. His life for us. You could go on for that for hours. We're not going to today. But God's, he designed you for a purpose. He's given you an assignment. We've learned about this over the last uh, uh, few weeks, uh, a month or so ago. God has purpose for you. We need to discover what that purpose is And operate in it. If we are outside of that, very soon we will find we need His presence in our life. It's His life for us, not ours. Number three, inviting Him into our present. Into our present. That means His reality. His reality, not our reality. Again, pause for dramatic effect. You see how I do that? Yeah. Hmm, think about that. So, all right, we get it. Does his presence in our life make a difference? If he's all around us, does his presence in our life make a difference? Well, you know, let's take a look. There's a, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5. I love this story. It's actually two stories interwoven. We're going to take a look at this briefly. Would you get excited if I said this is my first closing? You know, Pentecostal people, they have like three or four closings, so when they say they're closing, yeah. Mark chapter 5. Now, I will need my glasses for this. Start in verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. See, what did Jairus do there? He invited Jesus into his life. Into his life. Let's read on. And a crowd, a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. What's that mean? Does that mean, okay, he was kind of casually around, and you know, 10, 20 feet, there's some people, and so, no. They were thronged about him. It was crowded. They were pressing in against him. If you could picture about twenty people in a circle, about this big, and he's trying to get around, and people are pressing in. Can you, you see Peter, James, and John, and you know, trying to kind of push? Make way! You know. Picture that in your mind. Picture that into what's going on here. This is a great crowd pressing in all around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. If you have a pen, a highlighter, underline, highlight, mark in some way this next part. Verse 27. She had heard the reports about Jesus. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Did she know Jesus? Doesn't say that. So she had heard the reports about Jesus. Somebody was testifying to the goodness of God. Somebody was saying, God heals. Somebody said, I would have jumped up here 10 years ago. Uh, Somebody said, uh, somebody said, God healed me. God healed me. They gave a testimony. This woman heard that testimony. What testimony do you have? What testimony have you given? What have you shared that somebody else had heard I can tell you, and I won't take time on this, but I can tell you uh, a number of years ago, uh, my knees were hurting to a point where I could hardly walk. It, it was painful. I went up in a church service and had the uh, pastor uh, pray for me. And yes, being a Pentecostal church, I was down on the ground. <gasps> hey, I'm going to let God be God. And what happens, happens. Uh, But I'll tell you this. Oh, I was conscious. I tried to get up a little bit. Couldn't get up. But I could feel a warmth around my knees. And I could feel something was going on. It was kind of comical because you're like, I'm not going to lay down. But you're you're kind of down there and you're like, there's people around watching me. What's going on? God, this better be you because I'm a little embarrassed, okay, but. But I also can't get up, so <laughs> sure hope it's you. I did get up. Knees felt pretty good. You know, you're, I'm still in the church building, so you know, just being casual. <laughs> yeah, just trying to check it out a little bit. I like, hey, it feels pretty good. Okay, hey, sneak out in the parking lot. Now, I was much younger. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Do a little sprinting across the parking lot. I'm like, my knees don't hurt. They hurt. I was struggling. But God healed my knees. Now, I can't show you x rays, I can't show you all the doctor reports. And I know that God healed my knees. I will testify that God healed my knees. We serve a healing God. We serve a God that makes us whole. He cares for us. He loves us. I will testify. If you're within the sound of my voice, know that. What testimony have you had? You know, Who ha- has heard that? Now, as we look back and hear, this woman... She had heard the report about Jesus. She was acting on that testimony. See what happens. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. Of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, "Who touched my garments?" And his disciple said to him, "And I, it, picture Peter, OK? Yeah. You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, "Who touched me?" Are you picturing that? The crowd pressing in, in this woman, acting on the testimony that she heard from someone, that she's pressing in. She's in pain, assuming she is uh, sick of some sort. I like the translation says she has an issue of blood, but she's pressing in to where Jesus is. It wasn't necessarily easy because there was a lot of people. She was reaching in and pressing in and pushing and the circumstances that she was in was pushing her away, but yet she kept pushing in and pushing in and pushing towards where Jesus is. Are we pushing towards where Jesus is? We need to. But as she did, she touched the hem of his garment. And the power of God flowed through Jesus. She was changed. She was healed. Verse 33, But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease there's a lot more to that story that we're not going to take time to go through today she was not well she should be screaming out what unclean, unclean, everybody stay away, everybody stay away. But yet she pressed in to where Jesus was. And as she was healed, she had a little fear. What are they going to do to me? We're not going to go into that today. But press in to where Jesus is. But yet, continuing on, verse 35, while he was still speaking there, There came from the ruler's house. Remember Jairus? That's how we started this, right? Jairus. And he had a daughter who was sick. So he went to invite Jesus into his life. So someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Boy, that's harsh. Coming right up and say, hey, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. I have that underlined here. Why? There was a difference of reality. The reality of Jairus' servants that came to him, hey, your daughter's dead. That's the reality that we know. But that's not the reality that Jesus knew. We need to invite God into our present so it's his reality, not ours. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They came to the house and the ruler of the synagogue... And Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. The reality is, from my perspective, Jesus said, She's not dead, she's sleeping. But the reality of the people around there, they laughed at him And he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talithia kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. This isn't a made-up story. This isn't from Dr. Seuss. This is the Word of God. You don't have to turn there, but Acts chapter 9 talks about the, uh, Paul being on the road to Damascus. And I want to paint a picture here briefly, if I could. Paul... Was educated. He had one of the best teachers around, Gamaliel. He was, hey, he was the, the teacher, right? And uh, I got taught by Gamaliel. I am the Pharisee of Pharisees. I I know I have a lot of knowledge. There is a path that I am on. That I am going down this path, great teaching, full of religious knowledge. Yeah, I'm working for God. I'm working for God. What? These people are out there? Well, I must take care of them. I'm gonna have them imprisoned, I'm gonna have them put to death. I'm going to go in my zeal. I'm going to get letters so that I can even go out to Damascus and go after these people. Now, from Paul's perspective, he thought he was doing good. He thought he was doing godly things. He thought he was on the right path. As as most of us know, probably all of us in here know, that as he was on that path, with fire in his eyes, with his zeal, God had a different plan. See, God knocked him off his donkey, set him light, voices. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Lord, who are you? You know the story. From that moment, his life had changed. God showed up in his life. Does the presence of God have an impact on on your life? Oh, yeah. Question for you as I, I kind of wrap this up this morning. I appreciate your patience, but... What path are you on? <laughs> what path are you on? Are are you like Paul figuring things out in your head? Aligning activities that seem religious but absent of God in your life? What are the circumstances that you're faced with, emptiness, loneliness, unfulfilled? Has sickness and disease or circumstances defined who you are? The Lord cares about you. Every, I want everybody to say it. See, we get a little Pentecostal here this morning. The Lord cares about you. everybody say it. The Lord cares about you. Now, the Lord cares about me. The Lord cares about me." Do you believe it? Do you know it? No matter what path you're on. God's presence can change your circumstances, can change your life. In a few weeks, maybe, they've invited me back uh, to speak. Uh, we'll see in a, probably in about a half hour. Uh, I'm going to be talking about three barriers to perceiving god's presence three barriers to perceiving god's presence Amen. let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you we thank you for who you are we thank you that you are omnipresent you are everywhere no matter where we go whether at work whether at school whether at home whether at Walmart, whether at Target, whether wherever we find ourselves, we know that you're there. Help us, Lord, to walk in your presence. Help us to be where you are. Help us, Lord, to recognize and acknowledge your presence in our life, in our, in our reality. Father, we thank you that this word sinks into our heart as seed and germinates and grows and we begin to pursue and to push in like the woman with the issue of blood to push into where you are. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory this morning and we praise your holy name. And everyone said, Amen. amen.